welcome to Catholic Leadership for Civil Society, a community of Catholic leaders on Clubhouse. This is a space about Catholic leadership, but not for the parish or the diocese. This room is about Catholic leadership for the world. Stay with us and allow us to share with you a vision handed on to us by the Second Vatican Council to help advance the mission of the church. It all boils down to one idea, engaging society as civic leaders. Usually, Christopher Pereira is my uh, host, or our, our host, and I am usually the co-host with him, but he is not with us today, as I said, so you just have me. My name is Erin Monin. Welcome to all of you. Um, if you could take time now to ping at least five people, five Catholic professionals you know and follow in Clubhouse, um, when you do this, their friends will be notified and attracted to the room, and hopefully they will join us as well. So take some time now to do that. I'm going to uh, do that real quick myself, because um, there's some people who usually join us who aren't here, so just going to send them a little reminder. But again, thank you all for being here this morning. We are really enjoying um, hosting this room. It's been such a blessing in our lives. We've had great discussion. All of you are so engaged in our conversations and we really do appreciate it. So we are loving our Thursday morning talks and um, are just excited to continue them. Like I said earlier, today we are discussing identity and purpose. We started this conversation last week and like I said, um, there was so much great discussion and it was almost like we ran out of time. Um, this room is one hour, so we figured we would continue it into this week because it was going so well and it seemed like there were some things that people wanted to share, people wanted to say, but that weren't able to be said. So we always do that with our um, topics that go really well. We always carry them on to another week. So that's what we're doing today. Um, thank you all again for being here and we will get started shortly. I'm just finishing doing all the pinging. Okay, great. So um, if you have something to share or talk about this topic, please come on stage. Um, usually we have a couple people who continue to uh, speak every week, so I'm going to bring them up right now, um, Chris and JP. Um, welcome to the stage. Um, so yeah, I'll just kind of uh, start with recapping a little bit of what we talked about last week, just to kind of get our minds flowing and get the conversation started. So we had a great discussion about um, this topic. We covered a lot of um, parts of identity and purpose, and it was really great because that's what we want to do here. We want to have um, a very comprehensive conversation and, and delve into a lot of different things. A couple of the things that really stood out to me that I would love for us to maybe start by focusing on is we had a great discussion about adoration and what that means um, in our lives and really under that being in front of Jesus Christ helps us understand exactly who we are and who we are as his children um, and fulfilling our purpose, our call to holiness. So I love that. A lot of people chimed in about their experiences in adoration and the sacraments in general, but I think a lot of people were speaking to adoration specifically. And one of the quotes from last week, um, I usually do like a little summary. I take notes. We'll see how well that goes today because I'm doing this on my own. May not have as much 
time to take notes, but one of the quotes that really stood out to me from um, Father Jeffrey last week is, um, he said, we must find ourselves in the person, example, and mission of Christ. I just thought that was so beautifully um, presented, and I just think that's such a great summary of who we are as children of God and how we can live this out. So those are just a couple things that I wanted to um recap from last week, I think it's important that we get back to the basics, like who are we truly as Catholics? And then we can go from there and talk about, okay, now how do we bring that into our civil society? So if anyone has anything to share about this topic, we can talk about your experiences um, in whatever your work is or your outside, uh, your volunteer experiences, your board service, whatever it is, we can talk about whatever your experiences it are, but we're going to stick with identity and purpose. So Chris or JP, if you have something to kick us off with, I would invite you to speak. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for, um, thank you for hosting this today and, uh, and, uh, getting this started. So Adoration. I, I I think that's a great way to kind of lead off. I um, I guess my I don't know if I shared this story in this group. I I mean I've shared it many places, but I got into adoration a few years ago because uh, Father Declan was um, here from Ireland. Uh, he's part of uh, I don't know what his mission is exactly, but his whole his whole apostolate is to bring people to Christ through adoration, especially Catholics. And so he did a talk about adoration, and um, he was. Uh, extremely, um, convincing, I guess, just from a passionate standpoint of, of just being present with the Lord and how important that is in our lives. And, and so I felt compelled to sign up for, you know, getting, inquiring more information. I didn't get a call for about three or four weeks. And this nice woman called me. And to be honest, at that point, I'm like, well, I don't really want to do this. And, uh, because this idea of perpetual adoration was like, it's forever, you know, like where I'm, I don't even know if I'm going to live in the same house <laughs> at this point forever. So, um, but she, she just was really, uh, compassionate about it and, and compassionate about it and just inviting about it. And I couldn't say no to her. She just was super nice and super sweet. And then, um, so she said, look, you know, try it, you know, we really could use some help in these evening hours. So I went ahead and said yes. And then she asked me to help kind of organize other stuff on top of it. So I went ahead and said yes. And, and I have to say that was the best thing that could have entered my faith life. Because up to that point, I was I was going to Mass, wasn't going as often as I should have. Um, I was missing Sundays at times with my family. And, you know, we just would skip if we didn't feel like it or whatever. And um, with adoration, um, over a, a few weeks, I just, I fell in love with the idea. It was just so quiet. It was peaceful. I was meditating on, on our Lord in front of me. Um, and I, I got my wife involved with it because we needed more doors. And I got my brother-in-law involved with it because we needed more doors. And I've seen their faith lives transform as well. And, and I have to be honest, you know, that when my wife got pregnant with our third child, we were, neither of us were ready for that. And I mean, Christ just like in every other thing that Christ does, I mean, Christ saved our marriage because of adoration. Um, and so it was, uh, it, it's been very powerful in discerning different things. And I started with understanding my identity as a Catholic um, with adoration and through the rosary. I, I didn't know how to pray really at adoration. So, the, but I just revert to the one thing I knew, which was the rosary. And uh, I read, I read St. Louis de Montfort's book, uh, The Secrets of the Rosary, which compelled me even more to pray the rosary and, and make it a part of my life. 
And our Blessed Mother, you know, has has been there every step of the way, leading our family back to Christ, back to her son, and li- and and going to Christ for the answers that that we seek. Um, just this past weekend, um, you know, we talk about Catholic identity uh, with TLI, the Tepeyac Leadership Institute. We uh, we had our leadership retreat where we discussed magnanimity and you know the the virtues that create magnanimity, which is greatness. Um, through the Virtuous Leadership Institute, uh, the, Alex Savard is the is the main guy who who created that the whole institute basically for that. And so uh, we we sat in front of the Blessed Sacrament. We we sat in adoration, um, you know, at the end of it to discern what is our purpose, what where where do we come from, and, and what do we need to do in you know to create that Catholic leadership for a civil society, and uh, and so. Um, in that discernment, you know, I just kind of put it back to the Lord and said, Lord, you know, you're going to lead me to what, where, where I fit into this whole, whole deal, this whole process. You're going to, you're going to lead where it needs to go. I'm here for the ride and just put me where I need to be. And, and, and you'll, you'll tell me my heart if this is where, what needs to happen, right? If this is the direction we need to go, if this is what I need to start a, a project with or lead with. And so, um, I think, you know, maybe I, I found that, that project, I, I don't know yet, but I don't know fully yet. I still have to develop it out some more and figure it out. But the point is, as, as, as the, the adoration piece of it, it, it's, it's the, we, we know the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith, right? And adoration is a further expression of that as a Catholic. And so, um, it has strengthened my identity as a Catholic being more, being willing to be open about my faith in public with coworkers, with, with other colleagues, with friends, with family. I mean, I was raised Catholic. My, my mom and, and dad are Catholic, but they're not going to church. Um, and you know, many other people in my family are Catholic, but they're not following the, the tenets of their faith. And so this is where it's like, guys, you know, as, as Catholics, this is what, what we are called to be and called to do. So let's participate in this as fully as possible. It takes steps. It, it, I mean, I didn't get into it right away and drink the fire hose. I had it, I, you know, took sips at a time and, but that has led me to where I'm at now to, to being Catholic and to seeing myself as a child of God and now seeing other people as children of God and just yearning for them to be called to the faith, yearning for them to be called to the truth and beauty of, of, of good that God is offering us. So those are just my, my comments on the whole idea. Thank you so much for sharing that, Chris. Wow, that's so beautiful. Yeah, you, you you shared a little bit of the story last week, but I think you expanded on it this week. And wow, yeah, that is, that's just such a beautiful way to start us off too, because I think, you know, um, today, so many of us build our identity around aspects of our lives. So things like sports or politics, our career, even our ethnicities, And while these are just aspects of our lives, none of them truly define who we are. So when our identity and purpose, when it's properly ordered, as you were sharing so vividly, Chris, it can flow through all these aspects of our lives and allow us to achieve this greatness in them, which is what you were really sharing about your own experience, Chris, just in like literally sitting in adoration saying, God, like you take charge and he's, he is in all of these different parts of your life. So that is so beautiful. Thank you for kicking us off and sharing that. Um, JP, if you have any thoughts, you can chime in. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, first of all, Aaron, you're doing a great job and it's not, 
it's not that we just have Aaron today. We have Aaron today. So thanks for <laughs> thanks for leading us. Thanks. Um, uh, so I mean, I I can't agree anymore with Chris, and I think for me personally, the way that I sort of tie it all in is, you know, I've done, gosh, now about uh, about thirteen years, maybe fourteen years of uh, youth ministry. Not as much more recently um, since having our first uh, son, but um, one of the things that always sort of grounded um, my philosophy in 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 uh, youth ministry specifically was, for example, if we had a retreat that we're, we were going to do, or if we had a, uh, you know, catechism class that we were teaching, I always told our youth leaders that if you were not spending an equal amount of time in adoration, preparing for our ministry, we're not doing it right. And, and the reason because of uh, is because everything that we do is for our Lord. So it's only right that we spend time with Him, like truly and really. There are others who will be like, oh, yeah, well, you can just go pray, and that's fine. Prayer is fine, and, and I'm not discounting, you know, the power of prayer in itself. But when you have the author of life in front of you, as Catholics, we believe that is him truly and really present. I can't, we can't downplay that enough, right? Like, you are literally sitting in front of the person who gives you your identity. And so if you don't even know what to do, my, my, my experience with adoration was I, I was just trying to catch a pretty girl in the chapel. Like my wife said that she went there sometimes and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go there. Well, this is before we were married. And she's like, oh, I, I go to this adoration chapel sometimes. And I, and I went there all the time trying to catch her. <laughs> never saw her there, actually. Um, we never ran into each other. But I eventually started going to adoration continuously myself. And, and it went from a very awkward sort of silence to just a very sort of just deep connection. And it's the sort of silence and connection that you can't get anywhere else. It's, it's only in front of our Lord. Um, it's a, it's the same type of connection, I'm sure, if not exactly the same. It's, it's similar or comparable to what our Lord would do when he left to go pray silently on his own. And so I think, you know, if enough of our, if our civic leaders, but just leaders in the world in general, spent some time in front of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, it'd be a much different place, I feel like. So that's me. I'm JP and I'm done speaking. Thank you for sharing that, JP. Yeah, you brought up such a good point. If we're not spending um, as much time as or more time than um, we do on other things with Jesus or in adoration, then nothing we do or or the things that we're trying to do in our ministries and our work and our family, like none of that matters because it really does all flow from Him. And what a great way to, to find and reflect on and truly live our identity in adoration, in Mass, and receiving the Eucharist. Uh, Chris, you mentioned the rosary. Um, that's a whole other conversation that I feel like we could have an hour-long discussion on just that. But yeah, we have so many things as Catholics that are available to us that we can just truly dive in to our identity and purpose. And um, I hope that some of what we have shared about that um, is inspiring um, those of you in the room to either commit or recommit to um, doing those kinds of things more consistently, because truly that's where it all flows from. So um, yeah, we're going to continue the conversation. If anyone has anything to share, please raise your hand and I can bring you onto the stage. We have a pretty full room today, so I hope that some of you will join in our conversation. Um, okay, we have Connor who wants to 
join. Awesome. So um, while people are getting onto the stage, um, I wanted to read a little bit from uh, Christopher actually wrote a blog post on this on our Tepiak Leadership Initiative website. And he quoted a lot of it last week, actually. He doesn't talk about where he gets his quotes from, but he's being modest. Um, he wrote a really great article about this. And one of the things that he talked about, I, I just want to share. So we kind of going back to what I was um, sharing before with, you know, just these other things that we build our identity around or that we try to find our purpose in um, that are not of God or not of our um, faith. Sorry, Connor, my bad. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm trying to bring someone on stage and I'm not doing it correctly, I don't think. Okay. I see, I see Connor on. Oh, okay. I don't know why it's not showing. Okay. Um, Connor, you can speak in a minute. <laughs> sorry about that. So anyways, as we are... Um, talking about these other aspects of our lives and the things that we find our identity and purpose in. Um, one of those things is our career. And it's interesting because this is a room for Catholic leaders in civil society. So we, we do focus a lot on the workplace in our discussions. And while that is an amazing part of our mission as Catholics, it is not where we should find our identity in is in our work or in our career. But a lot of people, especially nowadays, do. Um, they put their whole lives and their whole hearts and their whole everything into their career. Um, and we know as Catholics that, you know, relationships and family and friends and, and our faith is so much more important than any kind of job that we could ever have, even if it's a really good job and it's like for the church and things like that still the our relationship with God and the, our relationship with the people around us is so much more important but back to what I was saying Christopher um, wrote this article and one of the things he mentions is specifically about um, this opportunity that we have as Catholics it's it's a gift truly that we've been given um, to do something great with our lives and as Catholics we have this understanding of this. Um, and so when we're talking about careers we and, and these other parts of our lives, like I mentioned, you know, sports, politics, ethnicity, whatever it is, we can still live those aspects fully through our true identity and purpose. So he says, um, this is just a quote from his blog post. It says, go on and be a doctor, engineer, or a teacher, but that can't define who you are. That can only be another gift for you to share with others. So become the best doctor, the best engineer, the best teacher you can be by treating others with compassion, love, and respect, because you will recognize in them the inherent dignity of every human being. So I love that quote or that excerpt from his post because it really it really encapsulates like what it is we are called to in our civil society um we're going to stand out as catholics as believers as people of faith just by the way we treat people and the way we live our lives we don't have to pour ourselves or find our identity and purpose in these aspects of our lives that really aren't meant to have our identity and purpose, but we can live our identity and purpose fully through them um, because we know when that is properly ordered through God, 
and knowing ourselves as children of God and our purpose as holiness, we can take all these aspects of our lives and live those things through them. So I just love that quote and I wanted to share that as part of our discussion because I think many of us or most of us in this room are uh, working professionals and we are Catholics. So I think that really uh, speaks to us in a profound way that we don't have to find our identity in this, but we can still live our identity through this. So that's just something I wanted to share. Um, Connor, it's not showing you on the stage, but I guess JP says you are. So if you want to go ahead and speak, go ahead. No, you're good, Aaron. Thank you for, uh, that was actually a perfect segue for kind of what I wanted to mention. Um, getting, I don't want to get too deep or too like intense about anything, but these last few weeks for me personally have been a difference in my career and, and really the way that I'm seeing the world. You know, I've tried, I've started now that restrictions in Southern California have started to let up. I've been able to, exactly what Chris said, you know, go back to adoration, you know, and I realized that through the last year, you know, it was hard for me career wise and professionally because, you know, I had a, all the things that I thought were going to be my job shut down, you know? No one was able to buy youth ministry curriculum because, you know, no one had a budget to. And no one was, I couldn't sell t-shirts at a conference for my apparel company because there were no conferences and no one was buying, you know, everyone was being understandably good stewards of their money. And so for the last year, I've, you know, kind of wrestled with doing part-time work and, you know, scrimping pennies as I can. All in the realization that I had a few weeks ago um, that I wanted my professional stuff to be entirely involved around ministry. And then my brilliant girlfriend said to me a few weeks ago, you realize that your career doesn't need to be your ministry. They can do, be two separate things until your ministry becomes your career. And I think that was that, that kind of threw me for a loop because, you know, I had read all these studies. You know, one came out recently to affirm one from the early 2000s. That, uh, that show that men in particular find the majority of their satisfaction in life from the impact they make in their job. And so, you know, guys can back me up if that's, if you feel that or not. But uh, that's, that. I, I, I felt that as like a personal, almost like a, a gate, right? I didn't want to go into something that I wasn't wholeheartedly into. And so I decided, you know what, Lord, if this is the direction you're doing, you know, I started applying for jobs. I, I got a job that I'll actually enjoy. And I think that's something that, you know, as Catholics, we start to worry about that, you know, there's a differentiation between our faith and our career and, I, and, and our ministries that we're involved in. And I think that for me personally, you know, I'm definitely a, a, an outlier, I think, in this instance. But I think it, it goes to a different, uh, a deeper issue of, you know, when we are trying to live lives of sanctity, right? We don't have to have our career. Our career doesn't have to be all about Jesus or all about Christ, but we do. And I think that that's something that I, I, I've fallen into really deeply in that who we are trying to be and who we want to be as Catholics are, isn't revolved around our career and it doesn't even have to be, you know, our ministry, our, our career doesn't have to be, you know, serving others and Christ, like, you know, it can be anything. And that was something, you know, everybody in the room is probably like, yeah, that's pretty, that's, that's a pretty simple concept. That's just something that I realized recently that I wanted to share. Uh, my name is Connor. I'm done speaking. Aaron, can I say something? Yeah, of course. Connor, that's, I mean, honestly, it's profound. And oftentimes you have these devout Catholics coming out of college or coming out of homeschooling 
or coming out of like these Catholic universities that want to make their lives about Catholicism and their careers about Catholicism. And, and I struggled that with that as well. But like then I sort of like thought about it a little bit further. And St. Joseph, model of workers, he was a carpenter, right? And so like, but he was still sort of, he, he made his life about our Lord. I mean, very much so. So I, I think that it's, it's not something that we should just gloss over. And I think it's beautiful for you to share. So I just want to say thank you for that. Thanks, JP. And thanks, Connor. Yeah, Connor, you had a lot of great things to say. And I, I actually think whether or not the people in this room like have heard what you said before, we all need to hear it again. So thank you for sharing that. Um, it looks like we have someone join us on the stage. I think Celine is your name. If you'd like to start speaking, go ahead. Thank you for having me. And uh, I would like to share how I am using my talent to serve Jesus. I believe I am one of the 72 that Jesus sent out there to heal his people. After I recovered from a massive burnout, uh, I was that close to suicide and I fully recovered. I believe he tapped me on the shoulder to say, you know what? What you've done there, I want you to go out there and tell your brothers and your sisters. So I go and I tell people that when Jesus said he came to give us life and so that we can have, have that life in abundance, it doesn't mean gluttony. It doesn't mean being a workaholic. It doesn't mean accumulating material possession. So we should basically clean up our lifestyle from what we put in our mouth, our emotions, our connection to Jesus, to the divine, to ensure that we prepare our souls for eternity. And that this body that we have today on this earth doesn't belong to us, like St. Paul said, it belongs to Christ and it is our responsibilities to take care of it. I know how difficult it is, so I have used my talent as, as an engineer to develop a process to help people with their transformation. I am Celine, and this is how I am using my God-given talent for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for sharing, Celine. Wow, that's beautiful. Um, you said so many amazing things that I think we can all relate to. One of the things that really stood out was just talking about, yeah, like, our bodies are not our own. God literally gave us our bodies as a gift to do his work through. And it sounds like you're doing such a beautiful job of that in your own life. So thank you for sharing your experience and thank you for being on stage with us and speaking. Um, it looks like we've had several people join the room since we started. So I'm just kind of going to reset the room and just do a little recap of what we're speaking about today and why we're here. And then we can continue our conversation. So um, if you're new to to our room, Catholic Leadership for Civil Society. Um, we meet every week and we discuss a different topic specifically relating to what we can, um, how we can live out our uh, Catholic leadership in today's world. So today we are discussing identity and purpose. Um, this is the second week that we are talking about this topic because it went over so well last week. Um, so we're continuing that today. And basically, we're, we've kind of delved into a lot of different parts of this, but mainly um, t 
talking about what our identity is as Catholics, which is, um, well, we all (laughs) are children of God, and then our purpose is holiness, and how are we living this out in our day-to-day lives? How are we experiencing it in our workplaces or the other kinds of volunteer or service work that we do? What about our families and friends, our communities at large? And then also, how can we um, spread this truth about identity and purpose into society, into our world, um, and share it with our brothers and sisters um, who are living through these times with us? So, um, that is what we are discussing today um, in continuation of our uh, discussion last week. So, We've already had several people share their thoughts on stage. Um, if anyone else would like to join us and uh, chime in and share some of your experiences or insight, we would love to have you. Um, since I uh, we are kind of resetting the room, I wanted to shift gears just a little bit um, to discuss um, what's going on in our society, specifically in our country today, and how can we um, live our our identities as children of our excuse me our identity as children of Christ um, in this specific situation. So, one of the things that we hear over and over again about specifically identity it's a very hot topic today. It's actually quite interesting that identity is a word that's like that everyone's obsessed with right now. Um, specifically gender identity. And I don't want us to go on a tangent. I don't want us to get into politics. That's not what this room is for. I just want us to specifically approach this from uh, a Catholic lens um, as a lens of, of people of faith. So as Catholics, as people of faith, we know and understand God created us male and female. That's right out of Genesis. Um, and so many people in our world believe that there are there's so much more than male and female that exist. So I just wanted to pose a question. If, if it brings up a discussion, great. If not, that's fine. How can we come from a place of love and share the truth of our identity as children of God, as his sons and daughters, um, with our world? Because truly, this is, this is what we're dealing with in our society, and, and that's what this room is about. So I just wanted to bring that up. We don't need to get into politics. I don't want to get into politics, but I just did want to bring this up through a Catholic lens because it really is something that we should be talking about as Catholics. So if anyone has something to say on that, please chime in. If not, I can continue talking. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, Aaron. <laughs> thank you for uh, for uh, kicking off this topic. So, yeah, I mean, um, well, one of the things that I kind of noticed a lot in maybe just in prayer and discernment is, is a lack of heart. Cause I, I know I lacked it quite a while. And so I think I, I, I believe that we can probably identify some of these issues by what do we see this, where do we see lack of heart in our, in our own culture, in our society. And a lot of lack of heart is, is a lack of family structure. I mean, I think, I believe that people are trying to identify maybe in um, these different categories because they're trying to fill a void that is missing, right? Uh, whether it's a, a missing father, a missing uh, mother, maybe it's uh, abuse of, of a parent or something. And, and so people, I think, are just kind of grounded in, you know, the, this this world and trying to identify, you know, something that makes sense to them and can uh, give them maybe that sense of love that that is just missing. And, and we don't share it enough. I mean, you know, we, we 
there's many issues that we could discuss about how the, the breakdown of, of the family structure is, is causing, you know, this, this, uh, this lack of heart. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know where, where else to go from here, but I just, that's probably the first place I would say is, is charity is, is missing, uh, as a whole with that comes mercy, compassion, empathy, you know, all those different things. And, and, as Catholics uh, and, and leaders in, in the Catholic space, like everybody in this room, I identify as a leader. We, in order to maybe address it, we have to, obviously we know, start with our prayer life, start with our families, but we have to be outward and, and empathetic and charitable in these moments as much as possible, not trying to solve things with a, with a meme on social media, right? Um, part of the charity is listening to, to what's happening. So, I don't, I don't have much more to say on it. I'm, I'm, I'm done now, but that's, I guess my thoughts. Uh, Chris, I think that your observation on family is, is super important and super good. There's a great book for anyone who's looking to read um, something that's just a little bit about this. Uh, it's called the first society by Scott Hahn. Now he just talks about sort of the basic unit of a family and what it means to the church. But um, he also talks about how, in the past, uh, a lot of us really pulled our identity and inherited our identity, not only from our family, but the familial tribe. So our, our mother and father, their mothers and fathers, and that larger community that we are part of, and American society as it exists sort of after the definition of a nuclear family sort of chipped away, I think, at that. And I think part of that is... Um, contributes to the problem that we see, right? You don't have an identity because you have such a shallow level of familial identity at times. Um, I don't think that's the entire problem, like you said, but I think that is a huge part of it, right? You have you have broken families and you have a very shallow like pool of familial ties, I think is, is uh, important. Go ahead, Paul. No, yeah, just to kind of echo it, uh, go a little bit deeper with what Chris is saying. Pre-COVID, I'm, uh, I gave a talk called Selling Jesus that goes into how to really use marketing tactics to evangelize. Um, and I think what Chris is saying is, you know, I should actually do a room on that. Uh, what Chris is saying is so on the money. What, what a lot of people who have any sort of, you know, clinging to a specific identity it's because they're looking for an identity. They're looking for a community. They're looking for a sense of belonging. And I think it's Catholics, our natural instinct is to tell them, no, you're a child of Christ. You don't need to be, you know, any, any sort of identity that someone can stumble into and, and make that the entirety of their identity. Right. But if we need to, especially in the workplace, you know, I live in Los Angeles. My girlfriend works in the film industry. You know, we, a lot of people who are, uh, uh, find their identity in gender, race, political uh, stance, all that kind of stuff. Um, but what we need to do first and foremost, and it's a daily struggle, I think, for, for us as Catholics working um, in a secular society, that it's not our place first and foremost. And we won't really get anywhere in evangelizing from a, when starting from a point of we need to share them the truth. What we need to start from is the element of giving them a sense of community where it's like, yeah, I disagree with you, but you know, I can still think you're okay and still, you know, still respect you. Most people don't have that. They either have people who are a hundred percent in loving them. You know, I agree with your identity a hundred percent and I'm, I'm an ally or it's no, you're a terrible person. You're going to hell. And us being that middle ground of, I disagree with you, but I think you're correct. That's the best way that we can evangelize. And as hard 
hard as that is in the workplace for, you know, especially as um, times are getting so caught up in different types of, oh, you're this skin color or you're this gender uh, affirmation, etc. Um, we need to start, we need to remember that we need to start from a place of, of a common ground. And that common ground is that, you know, every person is deserving of dignity and we need to give that person the dignity before we try to, you know, quote unquote, convert or evangelize to them. Wow. All of you are just speaking so much truth to this. Thank you, Connor, for sharing that. I could go on about everything you just said. I want to give Pedro the chance to speak since he joined us, but thank you for all three of you so far for, for delving into this. I know it's not easy to talk about, but um, we're, you're, you're approaching it from such a charitable and loving and practical way. I mean, Connor, you mentioned community. I think that's honestly spot on. I mean, that's, that's what people are just looking for, this sense of belonging, and, and they will seek it, search it, and find it anywhere they can, anywhere who offers them community. So um, as Catholics, offering them that place and, and just looking at them as a human person, no matter what they say they are or identify as or whatever it is, just offering them that, that charity and that community is so important. So thank you for sharing that. Pedro, did you have something to say? Uh, yeah, thank you, Aaron, for bringing me on, and thank you, everybody, for your contributions. Um, one thing that Connor said really stood out to me as far as, like, the name of his talk, um, Presenting Jesus, kind of, like, analogous to, like, the sales approach. Um, a lot of people think, like, ah, sales, like, it kind of has a connotation to it where of, like, manipulation and sorts, but when you think about it, sales is almost like presenting something for what it is, like, and... Um, not necessarily manipulating the person, but like presenting the truth of, of whatever it is that's being presented and then having the person decide for themselves, almost like a very like non-invasive way. Um, so in order to present that, I do agree with everything that's been said as far as like being able to understand ourselves, to know our identity as children of God and understand that. Um, yeah. And in, in the sense to where it can be shared with others, um, you know, when we were talking about identity, a couple of different things came to mind um, as far as like how we can make an impact in the world. I mean, as you know, it's been spot on everything that's been shared so far, like as far as forming ourselves, right? Like having a personal relationship with Christ. Like I feel like everything, like that's the water, like that's the source. Um, just being able to take the time to truly understand uh, God's love and mercy for us. I think once we truly grasp that, we begin to value ourselves and um, dignify ourselves, not by the metrics that the world gives us, but by the simple fact that God created us. So I think that understanding can go a long way and can be the fuel for our interactions with other people. Now, as far as making an impact in the world, um, there's like an, I think like there's a big interpersonal dimension to it where you can evangelize um, and make impact through your conversations that you have with people on a daily basis. You know, these are the people that you may not even necessarily work with, or maybe they are your coworkers. But there's like, you know, not much conversation about like theology. It could just be like the simple fact of being a witness and, and showing God's love in all moments. Um, I think that's a way to kind of reach out to more people um, and, and be rooted in that identity in Christ. Um, and then like another, you know, a more, I guess, like, I'm not sure what the word is, but um, another made a, a way to make impact uh, when it comes to like identity. And I know we're not going to get too much into politics because that could be a, a rabbit hole. 
Um, but for people that are in positions where they can help, like craft decisions, like, you know, members of boards, um, or even like in your own company, like for example, in our company, we have an idea committee. It's like an, a diversity committee. Um, so being able to be a positive voice for, um, I, I guess like decisions and actions and activities that would, um, honor people's dignity and, and in their identities as, as Christ has made them kind of like influencing from within, um, that could be a way as well to like suggest like the, the approach to, to, to making that impact. And, uh, so those are just a few thoughts that, that came to mind as I was listening to everybody speak. Um, so I appreciate everyone's insights and your time. My name is Pedro and I'm done speaking. Thank you so much, Pedro. And thank you again, everyone, for sharing all of your thoughts and insight on that. Um, what a great discussion. And I think that just is such a testament to the kind of people that we have in this room and the kind of um, Catholics and, and, and children of God that we're trying to be. I mean, um, I, I think the way I posed the question probably helped with like, hey, let's not get into any rabbit holes. But I also really appreciate just the authenticity in the way that all of you approached answering that question. And I think there is so much to learn and so much, even so much more to dive into that um, from all, what all of you said. So thank you so much. Um, I know that some I, that question could have made some people squirm, but I really appreciate all of you um, just kind of diving into it. So thank you. Um, one of the things that I, I, I think that um, we, me especially, forget to, I, I forget to bring up um, in this room a lot is just some, some quotes like from the catechism, like what is our, what does our church actually say? And, and we're just talking about identity and purpose today. So I, there's, there, I didn't want to dive in too much into some crazy because the catechism can be very in-depth and we don't need this to be a theology lesson. But there were just a couple of things that I was um, reading this morning when I was prepping for this um, chat um, that just just go back to everything that we're talking about today. And, and I thought that it would be really some really great additions. So the catechism obviously has a lot to say about um, identity especially and and who we are as human beings and there's just a couple quotes that I wanted to read from it so um from I think this is catechism uh 1700 it says the dignity of the human person is rooted rooted in his creation in the image and likeness of God and then from uh gosh I lost it catechism two uh two three three one um it says God created man in his own image, male and female. He created them. He blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. When God created man, he made him in the, in the likeness of God, male and female. He created them and he blessed them and named them man when they were created. So I know this is getting back to basics, but I think it's important that we bring it back to basics because these kinds of conversations can get so complicated and not that we shouldn't dive into the, the complication, the complicated parts of, of it, but just remembering who we are. And I think it goes back to exactly what the four of you just shared an answer to my question about um, kind of what our, our society is dealing with, with this whole identity and gender identity specifically conversation is that, is that we are all human beings, like first and foremost. And um, all, all of you touched on it. I think, Connor, what you said kind of 
um, stands out the most to me just in this specific um, conversation just about our identity and and we all deserve dignity as human persons. So first and foremost, approaching each other as human beings with dignity created in the image and likeness of God. And I think that's something that we all can fail at uh, time and again, especially when when some of these things around us in our world sometimes feel so wrong, but we, we do need to remember that everyone deserves that dignity and respect because they are created in God's image. So I just wanted to bring it back to those things. And then the last thing, um, I was at a conference um, several years ago, I don't even remember when, and um, I at this point in my life, I hadn't really read much of the catechism, and so... Um, and definitely not the prologue. I don't know if, if any of you have not read the prologue, you should, because the first line is like the um, the person who was giving his talk quoted the very first line of the catechism, and he said exactly where it was from. And I was like, why have I literally never read this or heard this before? So I'm going to read it to you guys, and I just think it's really, because I think it's really powerful and helpful for this conversation. Um, The title is The Life of Man to Know and Love God, and this is from the prologue, like I said, so it's catechism number one. (laughs) God, infinitely perfect and blessed in himself, in a plan of sheer goodness, freely created man to make him share in his own blessed life. Um, I'll read it again so you guys can let it sink in. God, infinitely perfect and blessed in himself, in a plan of sheer goodness, freely created man to make him share in his own blessed life. So I just, I just like my jaw dropped. And I think I like sank into my chair when I heard him uh, speak this at the conference, um, because I was like, that is like so profound and so beautiful because, and, and how often do I forget this when I'm encountering another person? It doesn't, how often do my judgments cloud all of everything that was just like spoken that I just read. Um, and it just made me really think like, wow, um, we, we just need to treat each other with, with so much more charity and respect because it's what we deserve. We were created by a perfect God in a plan of sheer goodness. Like there's nothing else that we were created from, but all of that. Um, and love of course, because God is love. So, I just wanted to bring that um, up. We don't need to like delve into a conversation. I don't really know if anyone has anything to say about that. But just like, um, I I think I bring up the catechism a lot in this conversation. And I don't know if I'm like supposed to, (laughs) because Christopher um, doesn't always. But I just think it's it's important that we remember what our church is, is teaching us and telling us about all of these things, because it is so beautiful. If we just get back to the basics, we can learn so much. Connor, I don't know if you had something to say. I saw you unmute yourself for a minute. Yeah, no, just the, uh, uh, like you said, not to delve too much, but it, in lines with what you're saying, you know, I was, I was homeschooled growing up and with the program we did, we had to memorize the Baltimore catechism. Right. And so the, what's the one part of it that I always remember, you know, I don't remember verbatim the, the different parts of the church, you know, all of that. But the one part that I will always remember that will always stand out to me 
is the first two questions the Baltimore Catechism asks. It asks, who made you and why did he make you? Who made me? God made me. Why did God make me? God made me to know him, love him, serve him, and be happy with him in this world and the next. And everyone takes the first three parts, but the last two, especially for us as professionals with our ident- how we find our identity, God desires us to be happy with him in this world and in the next. And where he will bring us is where we will find our most happiness. You know, when we're going through change, when the world is, you know, completely turning on its head, when we don't know where we're going to be living or what we're going to be doing, or if our job is going to be around in the next few months, what we need to remember is that God wants us to not just know him and love him, you know, through adoration, like Chris said, um, but also to be happy with him and that entrusting entirely to his plan is the way that we can do, can always ensure that we have that feeling of identity and have that feeling of satisfaction from anything that we're doing. Wow. So beautiful. Thank you, Connor, for sharing that. And I love that. I love your perspective, um, like the way that you were raised and the way that you grew up. And I love that you had to read <laughs> the catechism. I mean, I'm sure, but you specifically able to just share that and just how that is infused um, to this day in your life. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. Becca, you just joined us. Yeah. Hi. Um, so I didn't catch the name of the person who spoke last. Um, Connor. Connor. Okay. I was just going to kind of touch on what Connor just said, um, which fellow homeschooler here. So that's kind of cool. But um, so you had talked about how we are created in part to be happy with God in this life and the next. And um, I know we've moved on a little bit, but when Aaron had asked about, um, you know, the, these questions that our culture asks about, uh, particularly uh, about identity and particularly things like gender, gender identity, um, they're seeking, people are seeking belonging, but also that happiness. And I think that that's a, a tool that we often forget as Christians, um, you know, when we're having these discussions and when we're even thinking about this is like the order of the world that God created, God created that order such that we can have the utmost happiness. Um, you know, that's not something that he keeps from us. And I think that, um, the Catholic church especially has this like connotation of being, um, I don't know if punitive is the right word, but like, I think people tend to think, Oh, Catholics, you know, they just like deny themselves all the time. And, and that's, you know, they don't want me to be happy, uh, as who I am. Um, and we are also called to deny ourselves, but, I think that that can be important to remember that when, you know, we're called to live properly ordered, um, and that is in, uh, I can't think of the right word, but that's to make us as happy as possible um, when we live in, you know, properly ordered um with our identity as we relate to God and other people. So I think that was great that you 
pointed that out. Thank you so much for sharing that, Becca. And yeah, just um, a lot of what you said is so beautiful, just about this like proper order of the world and the way that God created the world and and He intended it for us to be happy. Um, I think that's something that's often forgotten. Um, and and we, I think you use the word punitive, but I think yeah, sometimes it just seems like the way that our church operates or, or lives in our world, some people can can see it as like strict or. Um, restrictive or or things like that and and almost like a a way to steal you know our happiness or our joy but really the way that our world was created was actually so that we could be free to be happy so thank you so much for sharing all that um such such beautiful insight so thank you um stan you have joined us would you like to say something uh yes um good morning everybody um kind of going to piggyback off of probably what four other people um, have said, but talking about um, having the joy and, and being happy with um, um, in this life and the next um, as being, you know, working professionals, I know it's extremely difficult for all of us to live our Catholic faith, um, especially with um, how everybody else views the world, views life, views, um, um, you know, even money, finances, family, and things like that. And um, one of the things that that kind of helps me um, is um, I, I look at. Um, I am not a parent, so um, I, but I have these things that I kind of look at, and I try to uh, use that in my life at work. So, um, for example, like a, a a true father should be, you know, um, I, I look at like the the P's of being a father, you know. So one of them is like a provider. You know, the father is there to provide, and I use that at work as well. Where whether it's providing for your family or providing um, education or something for the people that work for you or work with you, um, I, it's one of those things that me personally makes me happy. And um, um, we were talking earlier. Um, somebody mentioned about um, um, uh, the, the things that kind of give us joy. And um, you take that away, then I know it gets depressing. And I, um, so I have like you know, it's called like the, the the provider, the protector, you know, the the priest of the family. And I always try to take that to work and and use that at work. And I've always found that I've been successful, even though you have all these temptations um, in the world. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves is. Um, the profanity at work, like, you know, the, everybody uses the, the GD word, you know, and that's the one thing I tell people, look, I don't care what you say. I believe in free speech. I don't care about, you know, all that stuff, but that's the one thing that I can't have you guys say that around me. That's like the biggest thing that offends me, you know, and as I get to know people, as I get to work with people, um, over time, they have come to acknowledge and respect my views and, um, especially being, being a Catholic and realize that there's certain things again, that, that make us happy give us joy and that's again um sorry backtracking a little bit but um using those things at work um being a, a catholic professional um just wanted to piggyback off that and, and uh say thank you guys for um for all your sharing as well thank you i'm done speaking thank you so much stan wow um yeah such you shared a lot of great things and i love the the three p's that you mentioned uh provider protector and priest um yeah i think especially your witness in the workplace like yeah, recognizing like, sure, you have free speech, but there are certain things that I'm just, I'm not okay with, with hearing or that don't need to be said around me and, and standing up and being a witness to that. So thank you for sharing that example. And thank you for sharing all the other insights um, that you contributed to this conversation. We really appreciate it. Oh my gosh, you guys. Um, wow. It's already almost been an hour. So I'm going to have to start <laughs> wrapping us up. Um, 
thank you to everyone who joined this stage today. I think this was an uh, incredible, um, yet another incredible conversation. Um, again, just continue to be so grateful for this room and, and so grateful for all of the enlightening things that are shared and discussed. And, and I continue to learn, um, every week. Um, I, I learned so much from all of you. So thank you so much. Um, usually what we do is Christopher kind of does what I just did and then <laughs> passes it on to me and I do a summary of what was shared in this room so that we can all leave with um, some takeaway because there's a lot that can be talked about in this one hour, believe it or not, and our heads could uh, be swimming by now. So I'm just going to recap, and then if you can, uh, if there's something that pops out to you as a takeaway, then I hope that that will stick with you um, for the next week. So I actually was able to take a fair amount of notes. I was very surprised by that. So here we go. Where I'm going to summarize what we talked about. So. Um, Chris start us, started us off by um, kind of continuing on with um, my opening about like adoration and the sacraments and how we can find how we do find our identity in spending time there. Um, he said, I started finding my identity as a Catholic through adoration and the rosary. So beautiful. Um, and I think that we can all relate to that in some way. Um, JP said, if, if we're not spending time in adoration, what we're doing in our ministries doesn't matter. Um, absolutely true. I think there's so much to be said for how much time that we spend in adoration and with Jesus in prayer and, and in the sacraments. Um, Connor had a lot of great things to say today. Um, there, I'm going to be kind of quoting him throughout. Um, he said, "Your well, I think his girlfriend said to him, <laughs> your career doesn't need to be your ministry. Um, wow, that's so powerful. I think we all um, can can learn from that. Um, obviously, we, we can live our Catholic faith in our in our work, but we don't need to be so put so much pressure on ourselves to to see that as our our only ministry. Um, Celine uh, shared a lot. She one of the things that stood out to me. Is, uh, she said, "Life in abundance doesn't mean." gluttony or being a workaholic or having tons of possessions. Um, it actually just means living life in this beautiful, joyful way that, that God gave us um, to live it in. And, and we, she talked about, you know, our gifts are, are excuse me, our bodies are gifts from him and, and everything we have is a gift. So um, it was meant to be lived in, in this beautiful abundance, but not in the way that our world sees abundance. <laughs> um, I brought up um, maybe a question that made some people squirm, but a lot of people on the stage was just delved in. So grateful for that. Chris, um, in talking about our gender identity discussion, he said charity often is missing as a whole from this this topic and these conversations and and the, the way that we approach these this situation situation. Um, I totally agree with that. And we, he also said we have to be empathetic, outward, and charitable. Um, so beautiful. I think that's a very practical way to approach some of these things that we could come across in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, Connor, on this, the words that kept coming up in this conversation, so thank you all for sharing that. Um, Connor also said God wants us to be happy with him, which um, sparked the kind of the rest of our conversation, which was so beautiful because I think we often forget that. 
Becca um, shared a lot of wonderful things um, in that conversation too. Uh, And then she said, God created the order of the world so that we can have the utmost happiness, kind of going along with what Connor had previously shared, but just taking it a step further and and how beautiful that is and and how often that um, our world can forget that. We were talking about sometimes it can be seen as restrictive or, or punitive even, but really the way the world was created so that we could be live abundantly, be happy, and, and, fr- and freely love him. Um, lastly, Stan um, finished us off with some <laughs> great insights, um, specifically talking about um, being a provider, protector, and priest of the family in, in the way that fathers are, but also that God is, and in the ways that we could even live these out in our own lives um, as well. So, wow. Thank you all so much. This was an amazing conversation. I can't wait to tell Christopher about it. He missed a good one. (laughs) Um, But no, he'll be super happy that this went well. And and we're so grateful again for everyone um, joining in. Um, There are a couple things we like to finish with as well. Uh, We do now have a Telegram group. I don't know if anyone has heard of that app. It's basically it's a group chat app. and the link to that group is in my profile as well as Christopher's. Christopher's name is Christopher Pereira. I know he's not on here, but if you guys um, find him in the people that I'm following, um, I highly recommend you follow him. Um, but that link is in both of our profiles, so you can join our uh, group chat to continue the discussion. That's what it's there for. We want to be able to continue these conversations, not just in this one hour, but in that chat. Um, please follow me, follow everyone on the stage, follow the people in this room. Um, this is our Catholic community, you guys, and we're, we're continuing to build it on Clubhouse, which is so amazing to see. So please follow everyone that you can in this room. And join us next week. This is a weekly room. Every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, we meet and we discuss um, certain topics that have to do with Catholic leadership for civil society. So please join us next week. I have no idea what we'll be talking about, but we will post it as soon as we figure it out. And it's going to be great no matter what. So thank you all again so much. Um, as we continue with this room, we're, we're forever grateful for these conversations and just something that we like to leave you with. You know, we are Catholic leaders in our society, and these discussions are meant to transform us, help us grow, and um, help us to kickstart um, actions that the Lord is calling us to take in in this world and this time that we're living in. So, if not now, when? If not us, who? Thank you so much, everyone. God bless, and have a great week. <laughs>